You're listening to Orange County's only station with critical business information, Critical Mass, with your host, Rick Franzi. Welcome to today's episode of Critical Mass Nonprofit Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. This community talk show airs live on Tuesdays and Wednesdays at 4 p.m., and it can be heard exclusively here on Orange County's only community radio station, octalkradio.net. We're broadcasting from their state-of-the-art, brand-new studios here in the tech space facilities in beautiful downtown Costa Mesa. If you're listening to this show in the future as a podcast, we here at the radio show do ask you to consider listening to our program live during our broadcast times. This show is brought to you by our commercial sponsors, Commerce National Bank, Succession Strategies, Smart Business Magazine, and Smart Stop Self Storage. The goal for this show is to help you, our listening audience, learn more about nonprofit organizations and their events who are serving the needs of the residents of Orange County and the world. If you'd like to join in the conversation today, then find our community chat room section of octalkradio.net's website, post your thoughts and ideas once you've logged on with your Twitter handle, Engineer Paul Roberts will be letting me know if any ideas or questions come in. I'll be happy to try to work them into the first or second interview. If you're listening to the show today live and you're expecting to hear our interview with James Littlejohn, well, just hold on. He is the executive director of Boys and Girls Club of Capo Valley. We'll have him on at the bottom of the hour in about 25, 30 minutes. Right now, I have two guests. I have Robin Lyle, who's in our studio, and Dr. Susan Jamanzi, and she is the founder and executive director for GraceWorks. Welcome to our studio, both of you. Thank Thank you. you. I'd like to start with you, Susan. If you could share a little bit about your background and your path to starting the organization GraceWorks. Thank you. Um, I was born and grew up in a little rural village in um, southeastern Kenya in Africa. Life was pretty good. My father was a businessman, and we had a pretty good life. And he um, always wanted all his children to go to school, and so I was pretty happy. Until suddenly, when I was in my last year of high school, my father passed away suddenly from a um, brain aneurysm. This kind of plunged our family into poverty right away. And uh, even though I always loved school, of course, my hopes of going to college were dashed. Being the oldest of a large family, I had to go and look for a job. And so I went working and uh, started helping support the family. And by what I call just a divine intervention, I was shortly after that sponsored by an American woman from Orange County, California, to come to Orange County to go to school and further my education. I was eventually able to get my bachelor's degree in child development, a master's degree in social work, and a doctoral degree in um, counseling psychology. A little while later... After I had lived here for a while, I was able to also found an organization based on my uh, experiences to help children who have been orphaned mostly by HIV AIDS in Africa. And that brings us to your starting and founding of GraceWorks, right? Right. Can can you talk a little bit, expand a little bit on the mission of GraceWorks? And then, Robin, I'm going to ask, because I know that you're a board member for the organization, Mm -hmm. after uh, Dr. Susan talks about it, for you to maybe give some perspective as a board member about the work that GraceWorks does. Sure. So um, after I had lived here for a while, I had already gotten married and started a family of my own, and I was also helping support my family back in Kenya. Uh, I happened to go visit Kenya in the year 2000. Uh, There was a family event. 
event. We were having a memorial service for my father. And during that visit, I looked around. The people gathered around my compound that day, and I noticed that they were only the very old and the very, the very young. It looked like the middle generation was kind of missing, and I kind of wondered what happened. I came to find out later that most of the people there who were either my age or younger were dead or were dying from HIV-AIDS. And consequently, there were a lot of young children who had been left in the hands or in the care of their elderly grandparents. So when I found this out, I was really shocked. I found I had lost relatives, classmates, friends. I had heard that HIV-AIDS was doing a lot of damage around the world, but had no idea that it was that close to home. So I came back to the United States, and my heart just broke for those children, and I kept thinking, what is it that I can do to help? So I started talking to my coworkers, to my church, to my anybody who would listen, and trying to educate them about what was going on and my desire to help. I told everybody that I felt like the least we could do was help these children at least get an education because a lot of them were now left with grandparents who maybe tried to support them but could not afford to take them to school. So I started uh, kind of uh, asking for donations and helping children with uh, school fees so they can go to school. In the year 2004, we were able to start an orphan project in Kenya. And then in 2007, GraceWorks was registered here in the United States as a non-profit charitable organization with a board of directors. And this gave, gave me uh, an, a venue to uh, help raise funds. And Robin, who's with us here today, is one of the board members for GraceWorks, who has been there from the beginning. Really, from the beginning. Robin, what attracted you to GraceWorks and what what, what keeps you active as a board member? Uh, Susan took me in 1997 on one of her, or 2007, on one of her trips to Kenya. There were about seven, eight of us that went, and we immediately, when we unboarded the bus, uh, were greeted by all these children who were thrilled to see us with such joy in their hearts and such um, laughter and just incredible happiness for having obviously so little. They looked like they were very, very poverty stricken. And we spent a week with them. And when I left, I said, shame on me if I ever complain again about anything. And shame on me if I forget what I've been here to do and see. And uh, I forever wanted to be involved because the children were just delightful people who have opportunities provided by people who like us. Do you focus in a specific part of Kenya with your uh, for your organization? Can you talk a little bit about how you focus your support into Kenya? We started by focusing on the village uh, where I had grown up because there is a lot of help that goes to Africa and to Kenya for orphans, but most of it uh, concentrates in the larger cities mm-hmm. and maybe to other areas. In the rural areas, not as many people go. So I felt like the the kids in this rural community really needed support because nobody else was helping. So although I do have friends that do work in other parts of Kenya and we do assist where we can, we mostly concentrate on this one particular rural village where I grew up. You just returned from a trip to Kenya. I wonder if you might be able to tell us a little bit about your trip. Oh, it was an amazing trip. Um, every time I go to Kenya and get to visit the children, I just feel so privileged to have the opportunity to just see the impact that what we are doing is uh, is making on the children. 
on this particular trip, um, I can uh, maybe identify three things that have really impacted me. First, I had a chance to visit with some secondary school uh, girls, children, that we have supported since they were in, in elementary school. And it always warms my heart to see them because I know had we not come along, especially for the girl child, they are so vulnerable. Mm. These girls would have either been married or worse. They could be either out on the streets or dead. So it always just warms my heart when I hear them aspiring to be lawyers and teachers and doctors. And I see them doing so well. And I'm so grateful to all the people in Orange County who helped this, make this possible. The other thing that I was privileged to uh, to watch this time was the drilling of our very own borehole. Uh, we've been needing water. I know that's a foreign concept to <laughs> Southern Orange County, but uh, water is a huge uh, need in the area where we live because it's a, it's a dry, semi-arid area. People walk for miles, 10, 12 miles to fetch water. And so we've been wanting a well um, in our community for a very long time. And... Uh, very generous donor, one of our donors heard about this, and him and his wife, they were having their 50th wedding anniversary, and they gave us the money to drill wow. a well. And so I was able to watch that done, and this is just going to revolutionize um, our community. And finally, I was also able to hang out with our little preschoolers. Uh, I've been wanting a preschool for a community for a very, very long time. It has been a long-time dream. And this last year, I had a couple of ladies from Orange County go and help us set up a preschool for the children. And just watching those little bodies in those little tiny chairs mm. just brought just tears to my eyes. So I was very privilege. I feel like it was a very successful trip. And how long were you there? I was there for a month from uh, September 14 until October 15. And when will you go back the next time? I plan to go back in April. It's going to be our 10th anniversary oh. over there. And I'm hoping to take a huge delegation from Orange County. So anybody who has ever wanted to go to Africa, here's your chance. All right. On that note, we're going to take our first commercial break. And when we come back, uh, I had the privilege in September to attend a grace work of Grace Works event, and we're going to be talking about that as well as listening to some of the uh, interviews that we were able to do. And I have some other questions for uh, Dr. Susan and also for Robin. But first, we're going to take a short commercial timeout. We'll only be gone for about two minutes, so don't go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back here on Critical Mass Nonprofit Radio Show. Can we talk about your family business? You know, that thing you put your whole life's blood, sweat, and tears into? Well, what happens when you retire or try and pass that business on to your children? At Succession Strategies, we can help you find the answers. We'll guide you through the unsettling process of protecting your family legacy and successfully passing your business on to the next generation, safely and securely, ensuring that it'll both survive and thrive for generations to come. So ask yourself just one question. Can I really afford to wait? Take the first step. Take our complimentary self-assessment at SuccessionStrategies.com or call us at 714-560-9022 to set up a free consultation at your convenience. That's Succession-Strategies.com. Got stuff to the right, more stuff to the left. 
Got enough stuff, but I can't take a step. So I smart stopped. It took a minute to think. I need a little better spot, not under the sink. With smart stop, I leave the stress at the door. Cause it's the smarter way to store. Smart stop bucks the system. Your first month's rent is just a buck. Your next three months are half off. Call 888-97-STORAGE and mention this station. Goodbye clutter, hello floors. Smart stop, the smarter way to store. My company made the switch to Commerce National Bank about six months ago. Our relationship officer was there every step of the way to make the transition as seamless as possible. We had an early hiccup with a deposit scanner, but they dropped everything and drove right to our offices to help. We couldn't feel better about our decision to switch. Instead of calling an 800 number and navigating through automated menus, now I call my Commerce National Bank relationship officer directly for any questions we have. Just knowing that they're so easily accessible and willing to help really puts me at ease. They offer the same technology as the big banks, but deliver it with superior service and training. They're also rated a full five stars by Bauer Financial. So if your organization is a small or medium-sized business in Orange County, you should make the switch too. Call Mary Miller, Senior Vice President, at 949-870-3863 or visit them online at www.commercenatbank.com. That's commercenatbank.com. Give Commerce National a chance to do better than your bank, and they'll handle the rest. It takes 12 years to create a graduate. It takes about the same time to create a dropout. And at the end of the day, the difference between a child becoming one or the other could be you. So United Way is asking you to make a pledge. Tutor a child who needs help. Mentor a kid who needs someone on their side. Volunteer to read to children. Because when a child advances, we all advance. Be a reader. Tutor or mentor. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Take the pledge now at liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Nonprofit Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi, and in case you wanted to know, many of our listeners do listen to our program as a podcast, and I would like to thank, and we here at the radio show would like to thank all those loyal listeners who download our show from either Apple iTunes, Stitcher, or one of the other podcasting services that we use to get our message to you and allow you to find our show easily. Last month, we had over 13,000 episodes downloaded by you and listened to by our audience. We continue to really appreciate the support and loyalty that you're showing to our program and excited about the future. This is our nonprofit show. The first nonprofit that we're focused on today is GraceWorks, and we have Robin Lyle, who's a board member, a founding board member of the organization, and Dr. Susan Jamanzi, who is the founder and the executive director. Uh, Dr. Susan, I wonder if you might be able to share a current challenge facing GraceWorks? primary challenge that we are facing right now is being able to keep up with the educational costs for our children. When we started our program, the kids were mostly in primary or elementary school, as you would call it here in the United States, but we call it primary school in Kenya. So the children, the cost of primary school is um, about $50 a month per child. That doubles to about $100 per child when they get into secondary school. And then when they get to college or university, um, it goes to about 5000 and up. 
So it's been kind of a challenge keeping up with those costs. What we don't want is to give uh, the children the hope that they can have a bright future and then fail them because the costs get higher. So we've been kind of um, looking for various ways to raise funds. We have, of course, sponsors who sponsor some of the children and make a commitment uh, to send a child through school. It's easy to find sponsors for kids who are maybe in elementary school and sometimes in high school, but it gets more and more difficult as the uh, numbers go up. So we are kind of experimenting with a few ways on how to face uh, the challenge and to make sure that we continue to empower our children to succeed. Thank you. I can see how it, it's it's a combination of children getting older and their schools getting more expensive, and then you keep adding more and more children. So I can exactly. see how, yeah, and that is a heavy responsibility to start them on the path to education, knowing how powerful it is. You want to make sure that they go all the way through to the, exactly. realize their potential, don't you? That's right. And that's one of the things that I noticed at the Grace, Grace Works event, which was on September the 8th mm-hmm. uh, here in Anaheim, right? Thank you very much for inviting me to come. My You're wife and I, welcome. we had a wonderful time. Can we talk a little bit about that? Because I know that's an annual event. You had a theme this year for your event, uh, bringing a part of Africa? I, I mean, A little bit of Africa. A little bit of Africa, that's it. For those people that didn't make it, but maybe they'll come next year, what's the purpose of the event, and what, what did they miss? And then I have a couple audio clips that I'm going to ask to play as well. So Grace was derived support from uh, partnering with individuals, with churches, with businesses, and with other nonprofit organizations to help the children. And like I mentioned earlier, we do various uh, ways of uh, trying to raise the funds. We have the sponsorship program, obviously. We also get just street donors who just give us general funds. But because we don't have our children sponsored, we have to be creative in finding other ways of raising funds to help the children. So for the about the last six years, we've been having this annual event, which we call a little bit of Africa, whereby we invite all our supporters and anybody else who's interested and hopefully new people so we can kind of celebrate what we have done so far and also try to um, kind of educate people about the needs and raise funds as well. The fundraiser usually has a, a, a dinner and entertainment, and then we you have had a, dancers this year. <laughs> yes. I went. You had very interesting dancers yes. there. Yeah, we, yeah, it's always a great event. And then, of course, we have a live and a silent auction. Mm-hmm. And all the funds that we raise uh, from each one of the events, we use to target whatever is the greatest need at that particular point. And for the funds that we raise this year, they will definitely go to uh, toward paying for school fees uh, for our children. Great, Paul. If we could play a couple of the audio clips and then Robin when we come back after we listen to two or three audio clips I'd just like you to talk about the event as well okay this is Rick Franzi covering a nonprofit event the organization is Graceworks tonight's event is titled A Little Bit of Africa 6 and who am I speaking with Allison Kennard and Allison why are you here I'm one of the Graceworks board members and how long have you been a board member for the past seven years why did you first get involved with Graceworks because I'm actually a co-worker of Susan Jermanzi, and I saw the inception of this whole nonprofit, um, and she asked me to become a part of it. And so I became a part, and I've actually traveled to Kenya to see the project and to see the children, and that's what made me more dedicated to this whole organization. And what is tonight's event about? What's the purpose behind it, and what can we expect? The purpose is to raise funds for GraceWorks Project. Um, And what we can expect tonight is some great entertainment, um, some great food, and 
uh, auction items. Um, a good, fun evening. Final question. We're standing behind a table of arts and crafts. Can you tell me a little bit about what is on this table? Yes. Um, all of these items have come from Kenya. Um, we have congas, which are like the traditional fabric um, that you can do a million things with. Um, many of the women use them as like wraps for their, you know, around their waist. We have uh, Maasai bracelets. We have keychains, um, T-shirts. And so we ask uh, individuals to make donations so that we can use this money towards our project. Thank you for your time. Sure. Thank you. Here we are at the Grace Works, a little bit of Africa 6 event, and who am I speaking with? My name's Jay Bauman. I'm a board member and a general dentist in the city of Orange. And Jay, how long have you been involved with Grace Works? Uh, my first trip to East Africa was in 2007, and I've been five times since. You're the second board member that I've spoken with who's been to Africa. Is that a part of being involved with GraceWorks? It's not really a necessity, but uh, it certainly gives you a whole new outlook on how we do and things that we can do for them. And what is it that GraceWorks does in Africa? We have a program that tries to keep children with their families, children that were orphaned from HIV, um, trying to keep them with their families, uh, keep them out of orphanages, uh, get them a chance at life, give them education, and uh, some just help with basic life skills. And what first got you interested in becoming involved and now a board member with GraceWorks? Uh, I was invited on a trip to East Africa by a person that was uh, involved with GraceWorks, and uh, while I was there, they grabbed my heartstrings. <laughs> and what can we expect from tonight's event, titled A Little Bit of Africa 6? Uh, we're going to have a whole lot of fun, some entertainment, and uh, fundraising for the cause of the children. Is this an annual event, then? It is. This is our sixth annual. Obviously, in the name. <laughs> huh? Okay, I knew that after you answered it. All right, well, it was nice speaking with you. Thank you. Thank you. Here we are at the GraceWorks event, and who am I speaking with? Uh, this is Marshall Sparks, and this is my wife, Pat. Hi, Rick. And I just knocked over the chair. And, Marshall, why are you here tonight? Well, just to support the uh, GraceWorks uh, charity. It's a very phenomenal effort uh, to, you know, uh, take care of the, the little kids in, in Kenya that are disadvantaged because of the AIDS uh, AIDS crisis in Africa. And it's, it's local and we can get hands-on. You know? How did you first become aware of GraceWorks? Um, I'm not sure. Through the church, it was... Uh, what? Susan. Susan. Yeah, Susan Chimanji. It, it, she was the director of GraceWorks. And we met her at church and and got to know her. Okay, how long ago was that, do you, do you recall, Mark? I don't know, four years ago, five years ago? They do amazing work in Kenya from talking to other people that have been to some of the what they've done in Kenya. Can you tell me a little bit about, in the three years, uh, what you know that they've done? Well, uh, I know just from the pictures uh, that I see that, uh, you know, they've gotten a pretty good campus built, uh, a lot of land and some buildings on it, and it's fenced in now. And uh, I still don't think they have the, the kids st sleeping over. I think it's just a day camp, but I could be wrong there. But, uh, you know, a phenomenal job being hand-to-mouth, you know, just... It's amazing how important education is to get people out of poverty, isn't it? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Well, I'm glad you gave me a few minutes of your time. Thank you, Marcia. Okay, thank you, Rick. And thank you, Pat. Okay. You know what? I really, being a grandma, 
I really have a passion for those grandmas that are there taking care of full-time all those little grandbabies. Yes. I mean, they don't have the things we have to do that, and they do it. And bless the Lord for um, grandmas. And thank you for your support of this organization. Very powerful um, interviews, I thought, from people who have been affected and realized the work that you're doing in Kenya. And, Robin, I know that you work hard to support the GraceWorks annual events. Um, do you want to add anything about the event? The only thing I'd like to add is, as Susan mentioned, that um, the costs of the education continue to rise. And this year's proceeds were dedicated to that. Um, we've had several children finish college now, which wow. they never would have ever, ever, ever if there wasn't for Susan founding this organization. And so the event is a, is a very big celebration for things of that nature. It is a wonderful event, and um, I'd like to invite you both to come back next year in advance of the event. Is it always in the fall? Do you, yes, it is. Okay, so we're going to have to have you back, and I'll have our producer work with you to, to talk about that. I only have about two minutes left with you today. Uh, what's the future hold for your organization for GraceWorks? What, what, what do you see, Susan? For the future, I think probably the biggest um, joy that I have for the uh, for the organization is that we have forged some wonderful relationships between the people of Kenya and the people of Orange County, which is my adopted home. Mm -hmm. So I feel very warmly about that. We will continue to evolve as the needs of the communities that we work in um, change to try and meet the needs both of the people here and the people there. My hope in the future is that we will continue to um, educate people about the needs of children everywhere. Uh, in the United States, I'm a social worker also. Hmm. I work with abused, neglected children, so I know there's need here also, and there are uh, kids here who I need as well. So it's not just about Africa. I would hope that we will be able to a kind of sensitize people to the needs of children and to give people opportunities to get involved. If someone listening to us live or maybe in the future as a podcast on iTunes or Stitcher would like to learn more about your organization, what's your website? Our website is www.graceworksproject.org. Anybody can go there and find our contact information and also ways that they can get involved. Could you spell GraceWorks? It's GraceWorks, G are <laughs> just like grace. grace grace and then works okay. i can't spell if i'm not looking and i understand your organization currently has no paid employees uh we have no paid employees uh the board is a working board we have seven people on the board right now and we work very very hard and we are also blessed with a few very dedicated volunteers so um we get all the work done and hopefully trying to make all the money that we make go toward helping the children that's excellent and so if someone listening might be interested in becoming a board member, you would be open to speaking with them? We would be very open to speaking with okay. them. Let's hope that happens as well. I can't thank you both enough for the time you've given us today and the work and focus of your organization. It is powerful and moving to, to actually understand the work that you do and kind of daunting to understand the need that's out there. And thank you for putting a dent in that need by helping so many children with education. It is a key to getting out of poverty, isn't it, having an education? It's the only key. Thank you for your time, and have a good day. Thank you Thank for you. having us. You're welcome. Okay, ladies Thank and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Critical Mass Nonprofit Radio Show. James Littlejohn, Executive Director of Boys and Girls Club of Capo Valley, will be our next guest. He'll be on in just a few minutes, so stay tuned. We'll be right back after these words. My company made the switch to Commerce National Bank about six months ago. 
Our relationship officer was there every step of the way to make the transition as seamless as possible. We had an early hiccup with a deposit scanner, but they dropped everything and drove right to our offices to help. We couldn't feel better about our decision to switch. Instead of calling an 800 number and navigating through automated menus, now I call my Commerce National Bank relationship officer directly for any questions we have. Just knowing that they're so easily accessible and willing to help really puts me at ease. They offer the same technology as the big banks, but deliver it with superior service and training. They're also rated a full five stars by Bauer Financial. So if your organization is a small or medium-sized business in Orange County, you should make the switch too. Call Mary Miller, Senior Vice President, at 949-870-3863 or visit them online at www.commercenatbank.com. That's commercenatbank.com. Give Commerce National a chance to do better than your bank, and they'll handle the rest. Can we talk about your family business? You know, that thing you put your whole life's blood, sweat, and tears into? Well, what happens when you retire or try and pass that business on to your children? At Succession Strategies, we can help you find the answers. We'll guide you through the unsettling process of protecting your family legacy and successfully passing your business on to the next generation, safely and securely, ensuring that it'll both survive and thrive for generations to come. So ask yourself just one question. Can I really afford to wait? Take the first step. Take our complimentary self-assessment at SuccessionStrategies.com or call us at 714-560-9022 to set up a free consultation at your convenience. That's Succession-Strategies.com. If you are an Orange County business executive, this message is for you. Do you ever feel isolated with no place to turn for advice or feedback? Who holds you accountable to your commitments in your company? Where do you find the right resources to help you and your company grow? If you have these questions, then Critical Mass for Business might be the answer for you. Critical Mass for Business is committed to helping you make better decisions. These are groups of peers running businesses just like you, providing a great sounding board to test ideas and concepts, review plans and goals, and present issues and opportunities for discussion. The result is improved strategy, accountability, people, and execution skills. If you are interested in learning more, go to www.criticalmassforbusiness.com and learn more about our executive peer group. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Nonprofit Radio Show. And as I promised you at the top of the hour, our second guest, James Littlejohn, who is the executive director of the Boys and Girls Clubs of Capistrano Valley, is in the seat, and he is our second focus guest. So let's start right off the bat, James, by asking you to tell us a little bit about you and your kind of professional path to the Boys and Girls Club. Well, it all started with me being a product of Boys and Girls Club as a kid. Really? Uh, and Northern California, right in Alameda, California, right outside of Oakland. Sure. And, uh, I come from a family of nine kids, a welfare family, and uh, my dad was um, an alcoholic, and my my mom was the one who really was the the bread and butter of the family. And so, at seven years of age, uh, she t- told my older sisters, I have five sisters, to get me in that boys club. Back then, it was just the boys club, and okay. uh, 
All my older brothers were at the beginning of the family, and I grew up with all my five sisters. I always said I had six moms growing up as a as a young kid. That's a good thing, right? It turned out to be yeah. It turned out to be great. It turned out to be really great. So, um, um, from the time I was seven till the time I was eighteen, that's where my second home was. If I wasn't at home or local park, I was at the, the Alameda Boys Club, and. It just made a big difference in my life. It gave me the opportunity to be exposed to a lot of um, great environments that my family probably would have never been able to expose me to. I did my first uh, snow trip uh, mm. to South Shore Tahoe. Did learn how to ski, snowboard, and, uh, toboggan, and um, hiking big. I mean, hiking up um, and, ha- and up to Half Dome and in Yosemite. That's a hike. And so, uh, just a lot of great experiences that they um, provided for me as a young as a young kid and as a young adult that my parents could have never provided for me. Did you think back in those days that someday you'd be the executive director for a Boys and Girls Club chapter? I kind of figured it out when I was 10. I thought I'd really? be... I, I wanted 10? I wanted to be 10 for the rest of my life. Wow. Uh, have my own um, um, gym, have my own wood shop, have my own computer lab, my own pool hall. You know, what's what's what gets better than that? Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So I think the name Boys and Girls Club is a very recognized organization, but I'm not sure everyone who may be listening today live or in the future as a podcast understands the work that you do inside of the club. So could you share a little bit about the workings of the organization? Yes. Uh, you know, the Boys and Girls Clubs of, uh, of America has been around for over 150 years. We're the uh, original youth servant agency in, in America. A lot of people think it would be the YMCA, but the Y was imported from Great Britain. And uh, actually, the Boys and Boys Club was started by two ladies in, in Connecticut. Uh, wow. Ladies. Wow. <laughs> Mothers, probably. Mothers, yeah. yeah. Uh, a couple of kids, uh, a group of kids and during the um, Depression times were hanging outside, not doing anything, getting into trouble. And they invited them up for cookies and uh, cookies and milk and to play games. And that's how it started. So wow. basically a youth development agency working with kids uh, 6 through 18 years of age uh, after school, providing uh positive uh, programs and experience for them around um, with great adult uh, supervision and role models, professional supervision and role models. So I'm always interested how many athletes are alumni of uh, Boys and Girls Clubs and how, how they sp- really speak about it as a as a safe place and such an integral part of their childhood. All types of people have come through the yes, boys' clubs, haven't yes. they? Yeah, not, not only athletes, and you've had... Um, um, you've had um, colonels, uh, you've had doctors, you you have them come from all walks of life. You know, the Boys and Girls Club is for any kid, anybody that needs, any kid that needs a place to go after school, that uh, doesn't have the parent supervision, uh, uh, especially in our community today and our, the way our lifestyle is today with right. uh, both parents working or single mom or single dad. And do you really know where your kids are at? At, you know, when they leave school at 2 o'clock, um, between 2 and 8 o'clock in the evening, do you really know where they're at? And that's where we come into play. We're there. We open up at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. We stay open until 8 o'clock in the evening, um, Monday through Friday. $50 a year for the membership. That's all it that's costs. All? That's it. $50 a year. And, so you really are counting on donations and financial support mm-hmm. to be able to provide the programs then. Correct. $50 doesn't cover. It doesn't, doesn't go very far. Doesn't does keep it? the doors open. Right. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's where the community comes in to, uh, to, uh, into play and to help us support those after-school programs for the kids. You know, and this is this is why we started doing the uh, nonprofit show here on Critical Mass because it, people look at Orange County and they think a certain level of affluence exists here, but and it does. It, it, it beyond, it does. but there are many in need 
who either are going through a phase in their life where they need where they're in need or they they are in poverty and they really do need help to get out of poverty and so organizations like the boys and girls club it's so critical that we talk to our audience of business owners and CEOs about these great organizations that are helping our our citizens here in Orange County. Exactly, and that is so correct. Uh, and, and the way we look at it, Boys and Girls Clubs of America, probably about 15, 20 years ago, um, we kind of changed our focus because a lot of people would have thought the Boys and Girls Club was a um, an organization that that worked with you know low income kids and kids that are bad and you know I'm, I'm not going to put my kids in over there at the Boys and Girls Club, but it's totally changed. You know we're open for all kids. We say because we we know that all kids are at risk. You know some some kids don't have enough, some kids have too much and they're at risk. You know right. And so it's just for any kid between the ages of seven and eighteen that feel like they need to be around some positive adult role models and and positive services and programs, that's what we're there for. So it's for all kids, really. Yeah, we had in the, I I grew up in a small town in western Pennsylvania, and it wasn't an official boys or girls club at the time, but it was a place where we could go after school, and even, and especially in the summer, and Mm -hmm. do things like play ping pong and do activities, and and it was some semi-supervised, and it kept us out of trouble because you could, free time is a a dangerous thing when you're (laughs) that age, isn't it? Yeah, It is, and we, not only do we we do after school now. We also do before school. Uh, a lot okay. of our, a lot of our parents have to go to, uh, have to go to work early in the morning, and and uh, they they need a place to drop their kids off. We're located in San Juan. Uh, it's right across the street from three schools: a middle school and two elementary school. Marco Forrester Middle School. Oh, sure. And um, a lot of, especially for the middle schoolers, there was a lot of uh, uh, the middle schoolers getting dropped off early in the morning, no supervision. They weren't able. The school wasn't open. And once again, free time, even in the morning, you know. And uh, we do have a gang problem in, in San Juan, and right. uh, and so we just knew that it was just going to be a matter of time that they would probably try to start recruiting in the, in the morning time for the right. kids. And so it makes perfect sense if you're right. Yes, exactly. You go where the idol. Yes. Yeah. All right. So we collaborated with the school district, the Capital Unified School District, um, the city, the uh, local sheriff's department. And we started a program to open up the uh, our facility in the morning from seven until eight eight twenty. And so they had a place to go to finish their homework. We gave them some uh, something to eat to start the day off with. Wow. Some act, physical activity. Had the gym open so they can run around and and um, by the time they get to school, they're you know they're ready. Right. They're ready. Okay. So yeah. Well, I'm speaking with James Littlejohn, who is the executive director of Boys and Girls Club of Capistrano Valley. We're going to take a commercial break, James. And when we come back, I'm going to ask you about recent success, California State Youth of the Year Award and the Regional Youth of the Year Award. So, ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. We'll be back in two minutes with James Littlejohn after these words from our commercial sponsors. Smart Business Network is a business-to-business multimedia company providing insight, advice, and strategy for C-level executives of fast growth, middle market, and large companies. It's one of the nation's largest publishers of local management journals. Under the Smart Business name, Smart Business Network publishes 19 regional print editions, presents dozens of large and small-scale business conferences and award programs, and produces a vibrant interactive digital media presence. For more information, visit us at www.sbnonline.com. If you are an Orange County business executive, this message is for you. Do you ever feel isolated with no place to turn for advice or feedback? Who holds you accountable to your commitments in your company? Where do you find the right resources to help you and your company grow? If you have these questions, then Critical Mass for Business might be the answer for you. 
Critical Mass for Business is committed to helping you make better decisions. These are groups of peers running businesses just like you, providing a great sounding board to test ideas and concepts, review plans and goals, and present issues and opportunities for discussion. The result is improved strategy, accountability, people, and execution skills. If you are interested in learning more, go to www.criticalmassforbusiness.com and learn more about our executive peer group. This is the sound of a flat-screen television hurled off a building. Now the new bike your kid wants. These are the things you could have all cast into oblivion. Because when you throw away money on wasted electricity, you throw away everything you could have bought with it. Use Energy Star light bulbs and appliances, and you could save hundreds of dollars a year. Saving energy saves you money. Learn more at energysavers.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Nonprofit Radio Show. It's our monthly edition where we focus on worthy Orange County-based nonprofit organizations that are serving the need of both members of our community and the globe. I'd like to let you know that our audience demographic is 98% business owners and executives who listen to learn from the experiences of our guests. If your firm is interested in reaching these top decision makers, then advertising on our radio show may be the answer. Each month, our sponsors gain valuable exposure through their support of our programs. We delivered over 40,000 highly targeted sponsor impressions last month. To learn more about advertising, contact our advertising department at 949-887-4104. All right, back to talking with James Littlejohn, who is the executive director of Boys and Girls Clubs of Capistrano Valley. So... I understand, and I'm gonna. I want to make sure that I pronounce his name correctly. But one of your club members, Yusimar, Yoshimar, Yoshimar uh-huh. Rojas, won the California State Youth of the Year Award and the Regional Youth of the Year Award, and will mo- move on to compete in the overall Youth of the Year Award. Can you discuss these awards and what youth? Do to get nominated? Yeah, what a and first and foremost, what an unbelievable member for us that uh, came through our program. Uh, he's just an unbelievable kid with some great parents and uh, great brothers and sisters. He he's been with us for twelve years as a member, uh, which says that the average member that goes to a Boys and Girls Club usually is with us for five to seven years. And wow. Majority of the time, it's longer than that, uh, like for Yoshi. Basically, every month we we select kids to be our Youth of the Month in all the different departments, be it um, athletics, um, technology, art, um, just an array of programs. They get, they'll, they'll be able to be selected. So usually uh, towards the end of the year, um, February, we, we have our contest, and we select one kid. It's usually a junior or senior to represent our whole organization okay. as the Youth of the Year. And so last year, he was the one that was selected. And um, some of the things he has to do to be selected, he has to be able to show what type of community service he has uh, been involved with at the organization, how he has given back to the organization, helped with the younger kids and run different programs with the younger kids at the at our club. Um, academics is very important. Uh, he has to, They have to be very, um, take academics very seriously. I know as an organization, we strive to m- make sure all of our kids get to eighth grade at eighth grade level and, to, and then to graduate. And after 
graduation from high school, we'd like for them to continue on to uh, higher education, uh, uh, the military, or to also be able to have a vocational skill of some right. sort or go to work. Right. You know, have but to be trained. Be trained. Right. So by the time they're in seventh grade, we're trying to get them to, uh, we start them on that path. But he, yes, he was selected as our youth of the year for uh, 2013. And then he went into competition against all the boys and girls clubs in Orange County. Uh, where he won, and he was. They were being judged through this whole process with outside judges uh, from different corporations, businesses, and people that we know through our local community in Orange County. Once he won that one, then he went to the state. He, as he says it, he's like, "I was so excited just to win my local boys and girls club youth of the year." Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but the next thing he was on this path of winning and winning and winning. He won the Orange County, then he won state, and then uh, recently he was selected to represent one million kids for the Pacific region, nine states on wow. the West Coast, our 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 region. He won there, and uh, two weeks ago he did. Uh, get a chance to go back to Washington, Washington D.C., uh, to represent uh, our region, and uh, along with five other regions of kids and six kids for the military, because we also serve. We have boys and girls clubs of, on military bases all all around the world. Makes sense. And also on Native American lands, and so he was one of six. Uh, teens who was selected to go back to Washington to see who was going to represent four million kids, all the boys and girls clubs in the United States. Uh, sorry to say he wasn't the winner, but the young lady from Kansas, uh, she was awesome. All the kids were awesome. Right. You uh, have to be to be down to that. Oh, oh yeah. Unbelievable. He had a chance to uh, meet the president of the United States. Oh, he, he got a chance. Yeah, he got a, he had a chance to meet the president of the United States. Uh, Colin Powell, Condoleezza Rice, Diane Feinstein, uh, just a, an array of people. He thought it was, it was Christmas in September for him. Right. You know, and uh, what an experience for a kid. From his background, where he came from, from he says as he grew up with uh, three or four other families sleeping in one house, that two bedrooms, and him the majority of the time sleeping in the closet, to sitting in the president's uh, wow. chair at the Oval Office. Anything's possible. Uh, everything huh? is possible. <laughs> everything. You is must possible. be proud too to have one of your one of your students. Uh, well, it it was it it is, it is it is it's 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 rewarding not just for me but for our organization for all of our investors who who really understand what the boys and girls club do for uh, a lot of these kids and to to take a kid like that and for him to all of a sudden i always i used to always take the kids and, and investors and 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 guests and take them on a tour and we have this big board in our in our facility and has all the youth of the months up on the board and and i always tell this i always say well one day we're going to we're going to be at the white house well i don't have to say that anymore i have <laughs> you to say yeah it came true yeah you have to say we got to get back to the white house <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's at a high bar yeah right. i bet yeah. the others the other kids were so excited when oh. she came back oh. right? i mean they must have like Curiously felt excited. For oh, him. we had a we had a, a, a congratulation party with all the members, and we had like a red carpet in the gym, oh. and <laughs> and they and they were chanting his name when he walked in, and he was like in tears, and uh, it was pretty unbelievable. And we have that photo of him and the uh, other five uh, teens in the Oval Office with the with the with President Obama, and we're going to blow that up, and uh, so we put it up in each of our, our club sites, so all the kids can look, and they all know Yoshi, that so they can all look and say one day, right? That's what I want to be. That 
that's you know, what it takes, and that's it? what it takes. Seeing a peer yes. do it, then you realize it can be done. Exactly, it's, anything's possible. Exactly, that's powerful. Exactly. Thank you for sharing that, and give them a credit and congratulations on the team here at OC Talk Radio and I will. Critical Mass. I will. I got about five minutes left with you, and I have a no- I have more questions than I can get to in five <laughs> right. minutes. But I, I know that you recently held your fourteenth annual. Tuttle Click Golf Tournament at El Niguel Country Club. Can you talk to our audience a little bit about the importance of this event and if people would like to participate in future fundraising events, how do they find out about that and get involved with your organization? Yeah, it's one of our our, our two major fundraisers, three major fundraisers that we do during the course of the year. Uh, our budget is about $1.5 million a year that we have to raise, and the majority of that comes from individuals who really believe in our mission and our vision. Uh, the other part comes from our, our fundraisers like that uh, Tuttle Click Golf Tournament that we just did that uh, raises over $100,000. Oh, that's Th- an important fundraiser. That's that a is. very important yeah. fundraiser. And it was, and I'd like to give a shout-out and thanks to Mr. Uh, Jim Click from, uh, from Tuttle Click Ford. Right. Uh, he, at that event, uh, our net was about, really was six uh, about 60000 and he he stepped up and said that he would match to 50000 if we could raise another fifty. So... Our investors stepped up to the plate and they matched that other fifty, and so we went. On, that's what put us over the hundred thousand dollar mark. Fantastic. So that was really nice of them. We also received uh, monies with grants and foundation and uh, city support. Uh, those those are the main uh, ways that we raise our money, mm-hmm. our funds for our budget. Yeah, it's one point five million dollars. That's a lot of money to have to raise, right? So you're probably every always, year. You're, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you never you just get done. You got to do it all over again. Exactly. Right? So you exactly. you could never not be raising funds, uh, right. probably. And those funds are you know definitely to you know uh, have a, a great supporting uh, club professionals there that work with the kids, some great programs and services there for the kids, and that's basically what the where are we raising the money to you know make sure the kids are in a safe place uh, you know all year round during the summer um that they know there there's somebody there that cares about them and uh and they're and they're set on a path for success you know right. be it be it academically be it like i was mentioning in the military or just getting the job but you know we take that pretty serious we want our kids to be uh, responsible citizens and leaders in their community when they leave the boys and girls club they're they're going to be ready how many Boys and girls are in your boys and girls club. Uh, we our membership uh, this year was twenty six hundred members. Twenty six hundred. Twenty six hundred members. Uh, for we have three facilities. Okay. Our, our main facility and our headquarters is in San Juan. Uh, we have a facility in Aliso Viejo, and just recently um, we opened up another facility in Rancho Santa Margarita. Wow! So about twenty six hundred kids that we have wow. a year. Uh, about an, our average daily attendance for those three. Um, sites are about 400 and some kids a day. That That's a big operation. That's yeah. a lot of moving parts yes. that shepherd that many <laughs> of other people's children safely yes. to and from. Yeah, exactly. Uh, do you know in Orange County how many members of the Boys and Go- Girls Clubs there are? I think that we have about 250, 275,000 members. Uh, there's 16 organizations in uh, a Boys and Girls Club organizations in, in Orange County. I am blown away by that number. Yeah. I, I did not expect that. Yeah. You got one more zero in that number that and I, in my mind, thought you were going to say that yeah. is. That's wow. a, that's a, and we, you know, it's some of the uh, organizations have been around for years. I think Costa Mesa, uh, uh, the Harbor Club, has been around for over seventy-five years. Um, uh, San Clemente has been around for over fifty years. I, I no, even longer than that, probably more like sixty, maybe. Uh, Laguna Beach. Uh, we've been we're we're the youngest. We're the baby okay. of the of the sixteen. We've only been around twenty-one years. Wow. Yeah. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this is why we do the Critical Mass Nonprofit Radio Show, because there are so many 
I'm not saying it's a bad way. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a good thing. So many worthy organizations that are helping at different phases exactly. in people's lives. Just to have the opportunity to share that with our audience. I don't know how many would have guessed the numbers that you just shared with us. Mm-hmm. If someone wants to learn more about your specific Boys and Girls Club or Boys and Girls Club in Orange County mm-hmm. or since we're beaming around the country, yeah, yes. uh, how do they do that? What's the website? Uh, our website is uh, boy, G as in girl, C as in cat, C as in cat, A as in apple, P as in pony, O dot com boys and girls club com. perfect yes thank you for what you're doing i uh, it's a great story you are a wonderful guest continued success in influencing the young minds and putting them on the right path thank you for your time and what you're doing james and thank you rick for having us having me on this show today it was great it's our honor to have you on our show today and that's going to wrap up this segment of critical mass nonprofit radio show i'd like to thank our engineer paul roberts our producer is rachel franzi our guest coordinator is kathleen shepherd and our marketing manager is kelly faltus uh this is your host rick franzi saying Until the next time we have a chance to talk, here's hoping that all of your decisions will move your organization in a positive direction. You've been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show, the nonprofit version right here on Orange County's only community radio station, octalkradio.net.